CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by LexisNexis Litigation Solutions. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sunjog All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjog All. Good morning and welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And if you are at your computer, like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and make sure to join our conversations on Twitter. Hashtag CTR Live at CIO Talk Radio. Now, today's topic is Steps to Secure BYOD, and our guests for today's show are Keith Freaky, who is the Chief Information Security Officer, Security Officer with Catholic Health Partners. Good morning, Keith. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you today? Very good. Uh, now, which part of the nation are you, uh, are you in the East Coast enjoying the blizzards, or you are conveniently on the West Coast, or where, where are you? Uh, I'm in the Midwest in Ohio, so I was sort of on the fringe of some of it, so we were rather fortunate here. All right. God bless. Uh, we also have Chris Marsh, who is a principal analyst with Yankee Group. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Hi, Santo. I'm good, thanks. All right. Good afternoon to you. Now, which part of Europe are you calling from? Yeah, so I'm based in Yankee Group's office here in uh, Overcast, Grey, London. All right. Great. So weather treating you good? I uh, can't complain. Can't complain. All right. Great, great. And finally, we have Mike Wilson, who is the VP and Chief Information Security Officer with McKesson. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Oh, good morning, sir. How are you? So, so you, where are you located? Well, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in a very large high-rise overlooking Market Street in San Francisco, waiting for the Giants to come down with their parade, celebrating the obvious win earlier this week. So it's going to be good fun. Good. Good. I'm liking the introductions ending on a positive note. Now, while we want to do everything which essentially uh, allows us to enjoy our life and feel warm and fuzzy and secure, there also comes BYOD, which is the topic. So the premise here is that we did co- cover BYOD as a topic a couple of times. Every time when we spoke about security, they said, yes, we are working on it. So seriously, if you want to really get the best out of this new paradigm, which shows a lot of promise, what we need to figure out is, is there truly a way for us or set of steps there to create a secure and flexible way to introduce BYOD into the organization? Now, do you think, and this is the first question I'll ask uh, Keith. Now, the thing is, these there are headaches and there are challenges and there are concerns related to BYOD. Do you think, is it going to be premature for an organization to take on BYOD all the way? Um, I don't know if premature may be the right way of putting it. I think that organizations should approach BYOD as they do with any technology adoption. And that is to say, uh, they should make decisions about the point at which they integrate the whole concept of BYOD based Mm -hmm. on the risks uh, that it poses to the organization and the benefits that it may bring. Uh, in our organization, uh, we haven't adopted it yet. We expect that we probably will. Uh, but to lay the foundation for that, uh, we've started by focusing on permitting devices that uh, our organization owns and manages um, in a couple of different ways. And that helps us 
get better at understanding how to manage those risks and, and realize those benefits so that we're better prepared to open the door to BYOD. Now, with that said, uh, Chris, if you were to take uh, what you see, the, the, the things that are happening around us, do you think the world is moving in the right direction or they are just enjoying this cool new toy and experimenting with it and it might be introducing risk in the organization in general? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think it, you know, I think these devices obviously do pose to some degree a risk to companies. Um, I think one of the things we've seen over the past year, and, and we in Yankee Group, we collect survey data speaking to uh, to employees themselves and to IT decision makers. And one of the things we've seen over the past 12 months is um, IT finally really kind of jump on the BYOD bandwagon. So about this time last year, two thirds there or thereabouts of IT departments were saying. Um, you know, we either fully prohibit or we discourage the use of consumer apps and devices by by our employees. Just 12 months later, that's almost the same proportion saying, well, we may not fully support it, but, um, you know, we're not going to lock it down. So I think finally we've got to this kind of tipping point when IT has realized they, they do need to embrace it. Um, it does pose risk. Um, but, you know, I, I think one of the keys here is for companies not to get fixated on, on the devices because, you know, a lot of companies are now looking at um, both internal and external use cases for applications. So this is more of a bring-your-own um, device-slash-applications strategy that I think they need to put in place. Um, and then do a lot of things that Keith was talking about, you know, get a good sense for who in their workforce requires mobile connectivity um, and do that process of beginning to think about how to manage that risk. And there'll be a technical set of solutions to help them with that, uh, but there'll also be a very strong component of education that needs to be put in place to, you know, instill best practices amongst, uh, amongst end users. So, so, yes, there is risk, but I think IT have finally got around to saying, well, we need to figure out how to manage that risk. Now, Mike, uh, in your view, when we, when we look at any problem, and if we are willing and excited to solve that problem, then we somehow figure out, and the universe aligns to help us solve that problem. IT traditionally had a command and control type of a mindset. Consumerization challenged it, and we started you know, showing resistance to it. So do you think the fact that BYOT is not secure and or the steps that we need to take to make it secure looks like more of a daunting challenge because there is an internal resistance still there or has IT wholeheartedly accepted it that this is the new wave and we should better make it work? Yeah, I mean, I, I think when I, I look at it in McKesson's context, so we're, you know, we're a large health services organization. You know, we touch 70% of the um, health participants in, in the United States and have very large uh, enclaves of services in, in Europe and UK and the National Health Service over in your your destination there, Keith, and uh, up in uh, up in Canada, and you know it, it's not about IT, right? I mean, you mentioned consumerization. Um, you know, th- this way is being driven by the user, and so you think about the health health services area and health health in general, right? It's about the physician, it's about um, a, a moment in time working with a patient, and it's in- intrinsically very mobile. Okay. So I think that from our standpoint, this, this is really isn't an IT conversation. Now, yeah, IT needs to balance the risks um, like any technology, right? And so from McKesson's standpoint, we embraced 
uh, bring your own device, both within an employee setting um, and, candidly, from a customer standpoint, because we've been driven that way, uh, this is where the industry's moving, uh, probably a couple of years ago. And so um, you know, one of the first things we did is we stepped back and said, okay, so what is BYOD? And if you think about the contractor setting, right, we've had contractors come into our environments in one shape or form, be it guest networks or otherwise, utilizing laptops and, 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 and mainly laptops to, you know, to dial back to home via VPNs and such and do email and all the rest of it. Now, you know, that's BYOD and that's been here for a decade, right? So I think what we're talking about and what's causing us concern is you know, bring your own device as it relates to these new form factors, you know, the, the smartphone, the, the, you know, the iPads, the tablets and such. And, you know, in the health industry, it, it, it's being driven, and so we have to be responsive. And, and so managing the risks attached to that is the challenge. And, and one way we've done that, at least in terms of the systems that uh, we have entrusted our customers, I mean, we touch about 100 million lives in the United States and their related data, is we create enclaves of trust, okay? So... Think about the university campus, right? And, and when you were at university, at university, hopefully, and as a student, you know, you had systems that you could access that were, you know, somewhat reliable, definitely accessible, very open, right? And you had other environments that might have been the medical centre on that campus that were, you know, obviously firewalled off, well-secured, defence in-depth strategies to to limit your access to, to obviously records and, and, and systems in those environments. That's the environment that I think we have now. We are, you know, and so we, we've created a series of enclaves of trust for different settings, and for settings of government, settings of our customers, and for settings for our employee. And then we have other parts of our network that are probably a little less trusted, and so we have guest networks for contractors and, and the like. So, you know, that's how we're approaching it. Now, um, Keith, if you were to basically inventory the top gotchas and or top stumbling blocks and or some lesson learns which are more prevalent than others and they're more of a common denominator across the organizations who have tried to uh, implement BYOD and tried to secure it. What would those be? Because that, that, could, that could become the premise of us trying to figure out how do you get over those gotchas or challenges and then offer some, some takeaways. Yeah, that's a great question. I think there's a, two main areas that I would like to focus on in response to that question. The first one is this idea of trying to segment uh, personal information from business information when you're permitting someone to use a personally owned device. Um, there are technologies out there that can do that. And, um, you know, that's a, a good avenue to pursue if you have those concerns. Um, and, and what ties to that is the other gotcha, uh, which I think goes back to employee awareness about security concerns. The information security professionals find it challenging enough to keep security top of mind for employees just on the common computing and the wired network environments. And, and I think that uh, part of that awareness uh, really needs to help People understand, especially employees, that if they're using a personally owned device at work and it's commingled with business data, their device is now in scope for legal holds and e-discovery events. And I don't think that people realize that their personal device can be subpoenaed as evidence in the courts depending upon a, a situation that may arise. 
so, you know, I think my answer is a little less focused on the technical, as many people might expect, because this is a dimension of BYOD uh, that isn't often addressed with the people that you're permitting, uh, you know, to, to do that in your environment. Now, Chris, do you see uh, a commonality where which are the most painful areas which people want to solve, but there may be some issues because of which these are, you know, left as chronic issues? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there are certain technical solutions um, that can help companies address some of these, you know, real pain points. But I almost think that's not really the point. And, you know, picking up on a, on a couple of comments from, from each of Mike and Keith, I think, um, I think it's important to put this debate in the context of, you know, the impact mobilities um, should be having in companies more widely. So, you know, ra- rather than getting fixated on the, the issues of security, I think the best way to actually make sure that, you know, mobile assets that are being deployed in the corporate environment are secure is to actually look beyond security and not just fixate on it. I mean, you know, the, the, the sort of potential that mobility, uh, that the companies should be thinking about in terms of how mobility can impact their business, um, really they should be looking at it as an enabler rather than just an obstacle, right? So, you know, there are potentially lots of um, granular difficulties and risks that this poses, but, you know, when, when you know, companies are sort of thinking about how to mobilize different business processes and mobilize the kind of customer-facing experience, then, you know, that has implications on their own architecture, their, their analytics, um, their network, the kind of support they offer, um, obviously security as well. But, you know, I think it needs to be put in that wider context. Um, if, if they just fixate on, you know, what are the key pain points and how do we address those, then I think that's possibly a good way to, to sort of silo mobility um, and, you know, limit what uh, the company could be doing in terms of actually making mobility, like I said, an enabler rather than an obstacle. Uh, a lot of the sort of, you know, granular difficulties can, can be solved by, you know, technical solutions there. So I, I don't think companies need to, to worry too much about that. Um, but, uh, but like I said, I think it's certainly, they, they certainly need to put this in the context of, of, of a broader discussion in terms of what mobility might, uh, you know, how it might be deployed uh, in their organization. Okay, let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And Mike, when we come back, let's look at what do you think is happening here? Are we chasing some of those chronic issues or could we do something innovative now that you have to adopt uh, BYOD and because there is a strong enough business case, then we look beyond just saying, okay, these are the problems or these are the uh, countermeasures to solve those problems. How about changing the way we look at it and or perhaps do some innovation to make things easier from the get-go. Is that possible or is it just an apple pie? Let's explore that when we come back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Take control of e-discovery with flexible, integrated solutions designed for early data assessment, processing, document review, and litigation presentation. LexisNexis offers comprehensive solutions that work together as well as with other industry-leading tools to help you maintain a seamless chain of custody throughout discovery. Most of these solutions can be offered in a hosted environment with access to fully customizable support resources dedicated to your success. 
From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, Mike, how about... Looking at, of course, the obvious problems that we are facing and trying to attempt to solve them, and since many other people are trying to solve and there's still time to really get to that final ideal state, how about innovating in the very way we are handling BYOD, to, which might take some, some of these pains away you know, fundamentally? Is yeah. that being tried, or are we just trying to change this, this pain well, now, I mean, coming from the Bay Area, I think we see a lot of innovation. So there, there is, there are technology and solutions coming down the pipe here, and, and particularly in the Bay Area. Um, so I think that's promising in terms of some of the issues we're dealing with. I, I, I think in terms of, you know, just to be pragmatic, I, I sort of look at this sort of in three ways, right? So we, we have a, a process dimension, right, which I think relates to a lot of the legal issues and you know, employee issues, employee law issues, and there are many associated with these types of devices. Um, and I think that needs to be navigated. Um, you know, you have the technology platform device issues relating to the device itself. And so there are technologies that are becoming mainstream now. And you'll, you'll hear terms like mobile device management, uh, which allows a certain set of management and controls that can be enforced on even on an employee-owned device or, a, or, a, or a, to some degree a customer device in, in your network. And then I think there's this third layer, which we don't touch on very often in, in the bring, bring, bring Your Own Device conversation, particularly in the mobile platforms, is this area of emphasis on the application. Okay? So as a, as a software vendor, you know, we, we need to focus on quality controls through, through a software lifecycle. Okay? So when software is produced and produced to the customer, is, is it... Is it quality software, and is it secure software? And I think when we look at mobile applications as the direction where IT is heading um, and its use, I think our challenge is, as security professionals is how can we build more controls and inspection gates through your development practices and challenge our vendors with similar practices so that we have quality software that's coming out the end and we can rely on the controls in the application. Okay, so I'll give you one example. We have a um, we have a, a mobile health platform that we that we sell to customers. Through regulations, we're not you know we shouldn't be allowing you know certain types of sensitive information relating to patients on these devices for a period of time. So we initialize them, or we imply encryption, or some other control. And a lot of those controls are at the application layer. And I think there needs to be more emphasis on on that application layer and how we can build controls in there. Yeah. Now, what, what, what you just did was, was you know, shared a few ways by which we can start making it better. But the way the adoption is today, yes, we are skeptically adopting it piecemeal within the organization. And then we have got not only the people within the organization, we have an extended enterprise, which we also want to get to come and start connecting to our network from outside. So it's going to get only 
more complex if we try, try to go all the way. So, Keith, in your view, when we are laying down the foundation of BYOD being adopted in an organization, are you looking at a framework or you're saying, I'm going to first solve this problem at my internal uh, cocoon, and then I'm going to think about a framework which will allow me to extend it beyond my enterprise, but then would that be causing rework, or are we going to invest in things which will be undone because now when you're thinking global versus just your own enterprise, it might be totally two different ways to approach things. Yeah, I think that we're, we're trying to establish uh, somewhat of a framework up front. Um, and in our specific case, the, the example would be, uh, you know, most everyone that ventures into mobile wireless access does their diligence in understanding the criteria that they need from a security perspective to make the platform and the architecture secure. And beyond that, for us, the framework really helps us innovate how the security technology can provide the security that we need, but do it in a way that uh, gives us some flexibility. So specifically, we've built several use cases as models that we track as a standard. We have those um, applications that um, run on uh, devices that we own and manage that have a specific purpose and they're locked down, and there isn't much else people can do with that. So that gives us one level of control and still provides some flexibility uh, in allowing business and clinical users the ability to use the mobile devices uh, to be productive. And then if you move sort of to the, the next uh, group, these would be devices that we own and manage that are a little bit more relaxed, they could be laptops, they could be um, iPads or other types of devices where people are using them generally to access email, maybe doing meeting notes, things like that. And then the third group is the BYOD that I mentioned that, you know, we're looking at but haven't quite gotten there yet. So this framework gives us a chance to understand the different use cases and the ways in which we can apply flexibility to meet the business needs and then the best part about all this is something that we haven't really talked about yet, is that in many organizations in different industries, there are audit requirements. And, and so this framework gives us an opportunity to collect and manage the standards around these use cases so that when audits take place, whether they're internal or external, we have a way of demonstrating how we're keeping track of the different use cases and striking that balance between security and what the business needs are. Now, Chris, in your view, are people approaching this by trying to identify or perhaps build a playbook to get to what they what do what they see as a, a mature BYOD adoption, or they are just scrambling right now? Um, I mean, it's it, you know, it's. Um, it really depends on the type of company. I mean, some are more advanced along that kind of trajectory to, to embracing and, and figuring out how to manage BYOD than others, it, and that depends on a number of things. It depends on it depends a lot on the sort of organisational philosophy when it comes to um, the degree to which they, they see mobility as an enabler for their business, and, and, and the degree to which and, and how early on they were in, in terms of embracing BYOD. Um, 
you know, I think there's, there's been a sort of uh, a raft of, of companies adopting things like mobile device management services over the past couple of years um, in an attempt to, uh, you know, impose some kind of control and oversight in terms of, you know, employees' own devices being used for work purposes and, and what can and can't be, be done and, and, and shared from those devices. Um, I think as, as companies are beginning to, to look more closely at applications, then there needs to be more of a focus, as Mike said, on, on application-level security. Uh, so this is a really fast-moving environment. It's very dynamic. It's, it's confusing for a lot of companies. Uh, so, so you'll inevitably find companies at different stages on this journey. Um, I, I think the starting point, and this has been mentioned a couple of times, really, for any company, is just to figure out um, who amongst their workforce is mobile. Um, and in our own surveys, we calculate that in the U.S. to be about 40% of the total workforce in the U.S. So you know, anyone who spends more than 20% of their time away from their primary workspace, you know, if you agree on that kind of definition of the mobile worker, and we're talking about sort of 70-plus million workers in the U.S. who are mobile. So there's going to be a real variety of use cases in terms of um, those dedicatedly mobile and remote workers, those who are sort of intra-office, those who require mobile solutions for, for, for domestic business travel, international business travel. So, so really, you know, companies need to start segmenting their workforce, figuring out those different use cases and, and you know, the solutions that need to be applied but each of those subsets of workers will differ. Um, it, it may be device management for some where employees don't necessarily want that installed on their phone, then uh, you know, they, may, they may need to look at different, different solutions. So um, you know, companies at different stages of this, uh, but I think they, they certainly need to just take a step back, uh, identify those subsets of workers, and, and, and you know, try and discern the appropriate response, both, both technical and you know, education to, um, you know, to, to make sure there's the right policy in place. Now, Mike, your organization is uh, much farther ahead, as you mentioned, in terms of this BYOD journey. With the hindsight as 2020 and, of course, what you're seeing, what you've done so far, do you think you have been able to develop a playbook which, which would be having predictable steps some specific checks and balances, and uh, some innovation carved in it so that that could be used as a model by others. And if at all that's the case, that means you must have converted that from an art to a science. How do you, how do you rate the, 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 the journey that you had? Do, do you think that can be converted into a playbook, or is it going to remain an art form? Mike, can you hear us? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry about that. So, um, yeah, I mean, in our context, it was embraced a couple of years ago, and uh, we, we launched a program called U-Mobile. And, yeah, interestingly, it wasn't a, a cost-saving measure. Um, our issue, similar to how I outlined our industry at the moment, uh, is, is, is embracing new technologies. And so what we wanted to encourage an employee workforce that um, – that saw that we were trying to be responsive and flexible in terms of these new technologies. So anyway, we, we started off and we didn't have a lot of reference points. I mean, a lot of the issues that we, we came up against early on, very similar to outlined by Keith and Chris, were process related. So an employee, for instance, right? And something I would have never thought of in terms of employee law, but you give an employee a smartphone and they're an hourly employee, right? And they received an email outside of their normal hours. Are they due overtime? 
I mean, it's an unusual question and something that a security individual, particularly from a technology background, you know, trying to get your head around that. So we partnered very early with employee uh, law, law um, teams, legal teams. We, we uh, got our compliance folks on board in terms of issues around e-discovery and all these types of things, which are very relevant in this area. And then I think the innovation part is that we decided this wasn't going to be about cost and this was going to be about enablement. And so we actually offered a stipend, um, a monthly stipend for the use of that employee's device. And so we had to navigate what's an appropriate stipend, okay? And there are different views on that, particularly in the U.S. context across the country. And so we had to navigate that as well. Um, so I think some of those became... Uh, not just a playbook for our company, but I've, I've talked quite broadly in, in terms of how we approach these issues. And they're a little bit more mainstream now, but a couple of years ago, we didn't have a lot to go on, right? So that, that became a, a playbook for many organizations, particularly in, in, the, uh, in the Bay Area and, and beyond. Now, in terms of the technologies, you know, I think we, we are keeping pace with other organizations. There are technologies that are, are known. I, I refer again to mobile device management and some of these devices which are, are great for your employee, okay, and, and, and work well in our environment, and we centralize that, and we manage that centrally. We provision and deprovision centrally, even though we're a very distributed company. You know, we have a number of different business units and a lot of autonomy, um, but when it comes to provisioning, deprovisioning control of these types of devices, we have centralized that, okay. But in terms of our customer, you know, we can't dictate to the, to, to the Chris's of this world, and, and to others. So how do we navigate? Well, we provide guidance, and so we have actually provided um, framework reference material, particularly in relation to um, some of the regulatory issues in, in healthcare as it relates to mobile devices and, and how you know, our customers can navigate these issues through, through our guidance. And then I, I come back to the application quality. It comes, comes back for us. We have built in um, checks and balances throughout our development lifecycle across the corporation. No mobile application goes out of this company without being you know, scanned for the quality of its code and reviewed, and that's done centrally. And if there's, a, there's an issue with that, there gets an exception, it gets escalated, and we walk through that. So you know, we have checks and balances. I, I, would, it, would I say it's a framework others could use? Yeah, I, I'd say it's, it's, it's a very powerful framework. It works for us. Now, let's take a quick break, listeners, uh, when we come back. Um, let's go back to you, Keith, and just look at specifics. So suppose you are uh, providing the employee the ability to bring their own device, and they are trying to access the network. Do you actually uh, just give them partial access, or you say go all the way? What are the nitty-gritties where things could uh, fall through the cracks and you could introduce risk. And, and, and the reason we're trying to bring this up is devil is in the detail. Of course, we can talk strategy, but then where all you could be compromising security. Or Let's explore that more when we come back, so please stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Take control of e-discovery with flexible integrated solutions designed for early data assessment, processing, document review, and litigation presentation. LexisNexis offers comprehensive solutions that work together as well as with other industry-leading tools to help you maintain a seamless chain of custody throughout discovery. Most of these solutions can be offered in a hosted environment with access to fully customizable support resources dedicated to your success. 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sun Jog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Jog All. Welcome back. So, um... What we will do, Keith, here is to kind of look through specifics of you are trying to provide employee-owned devices, and then what is the the way you carve out what functionality to be offered versus what is to be restricted, and then there could be other things that you would do differently to people who are not truly your employee base, and what's your underlying principle that governs that? Yeah, so there's several aspects to that. Um, you know, at a, at a high level, um, as obvious as this may seem, we look at these devices um, the same way that we would look at any other type of access that an individual needs. Um, you know, when they go through the identity and access management process, you know, ju- just like a new employee is provisioned uh, a desk phone or maybe a company cell phone and a computer, um, you know, parking decals and badges, you know, the, the, all of those things are resources they need based on the job that they need to do. So in looking at connecting somebody's personally owned device, all of those same aspects are considered. Uh, why do they need the access? What specific uh, applications or use cases do they need? Um, you know, in some cases, when you're talking about um, vendors uh, or contractors, we try to understand the frequency with which they need to connect, um, uh, the term is for that connection, and just manage that process, um, you know, as we need to. The, the, the areas of risk, I guess, that are above and beyond um, have to do with um, the, the type of device itself, perhaps. You know, as you look at the variety of models and makes and operating systems that mobile devices uh, have, you have to align your company policies and your technical abilities to enforce those policies with some of these devices so that you're managing that risk. Uh, you know, there are some devices that all along have had good controls built into them that you can leverage with your BYOD management systems and for those that maybe were lagging, your policy requires that if this person brings their own device, it has to meet some minimum requirements in order for you to permit the connection. All right. So uh, now in terms of specifics, Chris, what do you see the world out there doing when they are trying to extend BYOD to their extended enterprise? What are what are they specifically making sure is made available versus uh, hunkered down yeah. and, and, you know, hold back? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a number of different, um, you know, services that can be uh, employed here to make sure that, you know, whether it's a contractor, a partner, or a guest, you know, trying to access resources on, on the corporate network, do so in a safe way. And, you know, like I said, there's a number of different services available to help with that. Um, 
you know, there are things like network access control, which can, you know, do a number of things. They can provide, you know, things like identity and application-based control for those unmanaged endpoints, you know, a, a guest laptop, a contractor's laptop or something like that, their smartphone. Um, you know, they can help detect rogue devices. They try and access the network. Um, you know, they're also employed by uh, some companies to kind of enforce compliance of other kind of managed systems in, in the corporate environment so that users, uh, whoever that may be, internal or external, you know, can't, um, you know, disable security settings, can't install malicious, you know, code into applications, you know, things like that. Um, so, you know, sort of network access control tools are available. Uh, we've mentioned things like mobile device management is also, you know, increasingly important mobile application and content management services. Um, again, they, they enable you to do a number of things like, um, you know, updating and removing applications on devices. You can use them to set things like application-level permissions and security. Um, you can determine how applications share files, documents, and contents. Um, you know, so you can disable things like, you know, copying content and then pasting it into an email and sending it to a personal account, things like that. Um, so, there's, you know, there's a number of different services available. There's also maybe at a more fundamental level, and I think this, this is something that was touched on earlier, um, increasingly a number of uh, platforms and tools which kind of allow you to inbuild self-defense within applications um, uh, either via sort of app wrapping or, or, or sort of more at a more fundamental level to, to prevent people inserting rogue code in applications and then taking control of those applications and taking data from them. So, you know, there's a whole range of um, services and tools available across that kind of technology stack uh, which companies can think about employing depending on, you know, the kind of circumstances they want oversight and control over. Now, Mike, when you are looking at uh, in your environment, what do you think you do when you had to really, because you have adopted it, I'm sure it has not been the, the, the smoothest ride. So if there is an incident. What is it that you could potentially do to even discover where was this person, what were they doing, et cetera, et cetera? Doesn't it become like chasing a ghost? Mike? No, not not really. I mean, in terms of chasing a ghost, we we've adopted a philosophy of, you know, similar to my colleagues here, that you know, in terms of the device, it's no different than any other access, right? So, um, when you start thinking about your network is less as a hard shell perimeter, like a like an egg, right? And you're allowing different types of access depending on the context. Okay, so is it email access for that that mobile device? Is it application access for that mobile device? Is it a customer you're letting into your environment? Is it an employee that you're letting into the environment? All of these different uh, different access points have different contexts and different controls, and I think my colleagues have alluded to that. But in terms of responding to an incident, an issue, um, such as you need to, um, you know, one, you need some processes and procedures, and they're no different than you know, dealing with issues and incidents that you may deal with in other contexts and settings. Uh, other than mobility. But in terms of being able to track and monitor, you really need a, a variety of sort of technologies and processes and candidly skilled people on, on your staff to monitor the, the efficacy of your, of your network and your security environment as a whole. And the mobility piece of that is, is a part of that. Okay, So 
when a mobile application comes into our environment and accesses email, we see that. We have logging and we have monitoring systems and we have some people that look at that 24 by 7. And we have controls on the door that look at, okay, is there certain types of sensitive data that's flowing in and out of that email system? And it relates to our mobility platform as it relates to our employees sitting at home on a desktop. And so when we start to think about our network as more this permeable membrane, this campus environment of trust and untrust and semi-trust, you start to think about emphasizing monitoring controls, getting good skilled people on your team to be able to understand what they're seeing, being able to employ monitoring tools that can look at logs and, and, and the like. And then you start to think about, okay, so what is this mobility, this bring your own device platform doing in your environment, and then start monitoring for it. And we're, we're finding from an incident standpoint and an issue standpoint that, um, you know, monitoring is our, is our path through. And that's very similar to any other access point, uh, mobility or otherwise. Now, uh, with that said, do you think the the way the world is going and this is for you uh chris when the world is looking at handling mobile devices they say it's quite a headache so let's outsource it i mean that's the gut reaction for organizations who have not even uh gone farther into it or perhaps they're in initial stages and saying they are perhaps are not ready for it do you think it's a good idea for them to say okay uh mr outsourcer why don't you take it over and give us what we want and we will get the best uh and we will not be able to we will not be required to disrupt what we are doing within the organization is that a good idea um, well, I think it's a balance. Um, you know, there's a kind of booming uh, marketplace of mobile managed services available. A lot of a lot of them we've talked about already. You know, whereby companies, IT departments, um, you know, can uh, you know procure them and deploy them, and um, you know, essentially they are uh, to some degrees managed by the by the service provider. But you know, there, there needs to be a real balance there. There needs to be company-wide oversight in terms of the assets being deployed. I think companies need to procure really carefully and really sensibly because, you know, we've talked about device security threats. We've talked about application and network security threats. It's important to be able to have policies and security and compliance that can scale across each of those. So, you know, for a company wanting or needing to deploy mobile device management, at some point they're going to need to very likely to deploy application management capabilities as well. And it's not necessarily that easy uh, when looking at vendors to know how they integrate, if they integrate, you know, whether there's any kind of interoperability across those services. Because I think a really dangerous area for companies would be to get in a situation of having different kinds of technology deployed, which actually just make the whole job of managing the, the mobility in the organization more difficult and more dangerous because there'll be more threats that can fall through the gaps in between these different technologies. So I think from a procurement point of view, it's really important to uh, be uh, you know, broad thinking, holistic thinking in terms of the different levels of threats and make sure you have a kind of architecture of, of uh, solutions in place which really enable you to, like I said, scale those policy, scale those compliance requirements. Uh, and obviously, as with any procurement of technology, you know, companies should look to have the right kind of SLAs in place um, to ensure the right kind of support and response. And I think that's important, the right kind of response is available from that provider to align with that, with that company's own uh, you know, governance risk and compliance framework. So I'd say, you know, outsourcing is all very well, but 
not at the expense of the company, not having oversight over what's actually being deployed. Um, they need to procure uh, sensibly and carefully to make sure there is, um, you know, interoperability or integration available. Uh, and they need, need to make sure they've got the right kind of guarantees in place from that provider in terms of the service they're getting. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, Keith, let's talk about rights versus responsibility because with the rights and with the fund that you have with BYOD, employees also need to be aware about their responsibility and the accountability with respect to handling the environment properly or at least contributing to creating or, or maintaining a secure environment. How well are they, that, that means the employees, working with the IT department and other stakeholders who are controlling the BYOD environment, how well is the are these stakeholders able to influence the employees? And perhaps let's take it beyond not only the employees, but the other partners, contractors, customers, whosoever is being invited into that BYOD ecosystem. Please stay tuned. When we come back, we'll, we'll explore this. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Take control of e-discovery with flexible integrated solutions designed for early data assessment, processing, document review, and litigation presentation. LexisNexis offers comprehensive solutions that work together as well as with other industry-leading tools to help you maintain a seamless chain of custody throughout discovery. Most of these solutions can be offered in a hosted environment with access to fully customizable support resources dedicated to your success. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Keith, influence is what we are talking about, or influence management. Maybe employees, maybe other, uh, you know, uh, individuals who are invited into the BYOD ecosystem. They are supposed to be responsible, cognizant of what are their their duties, along with, of course, enjoying the rights and the pleasure of bringing their own device. How well is that community reacting to this? Are they only enjoying the rewards and not? Uh, creating a pain, or is this is this not that bad of a situation? Yeah, I think that generally, at least it's been my experience, employees don't really look at a difference in rights based on the type of device they're using to access information to do their job. So it doesn't matter whether they're using a desktop or a laptop or doing it from their phone. You know, the, the training and education that they have, especially in our industry around uh, HIPAA, uh, they understand that access to patient information and, and sensitive business information is a privilege, not a right. And, and that's really independent of the type that they're using. Um, so I, I think that, 
um, when when you put that in the context of, of what their expectations are, um, they they aren't really looking at it any differently than they would other devices. Um, I think that the other piece that goes along with this is um, you help them understand that regardless of how they're accessing information, you know there are regulations and requirements the organization has to follow, uh, and the employees as well um, that govern what rights they have regardless of the type of device they're using. Now, so, so we are saying that we have been successful in um, having them come on board completely in terms of following what we requested them to follow. And this is not only true for the employees, but also for that those external or extended entities who are being invited into the ecosystem. Is that question for me? Yes. Um, yes. I, I, it's been my experience that people come to us expecting a greater scope of access rights just because they're using a device that they own. Um, I, I think that they understand the the ideas of need to know and minimum necessary regarding HIPAA, and this is just another way that they can connect to the information. So, Chris, do you see people in general are, uh, across the organizations that you may have researched, are really embracing it and are also willing to, uh, you know, be, be aware and uh, ready to follow those extra steps to ensure that they are keeping the environment secure? Um, I think to some extent. I think to some extent that's true. I, I, I do think that um, you know, this, I think this is a core uh, role of IT and, and, and heads of lines of business in terms of the education piece to their um, subsets of workers in terms of what, what can and can't be done. You know, can and can't be done. So, I, I think companies are beginning to look at um, how to you know educate those workers. But I think a lot more can be done. I mean, you know, the, the way I think this would best be achieved is to really just treat it as a contract between you know, between the employer and the employees and, you know, clearly stating um, commonsensical, practical policies um, in, in, across a number of different areas in terms of how best to manage mobility. So, you know, companies just, you know, I think companies need to be making more of an effort to do things like, you know, instituting just best practices around basic mobile management, you know, keeping antivirus software up to date, providing clarity around where docs and, and, and files can and can't be shared from particular applications and with whom, um, you know, where IT feels there is a need to really blacklist certain applications, obviously they need to make sure that they're publicizing that and making the relevant people um, knowledgeable of that. Um, instituting things like feedback processes. So if an employee has access to potentially sensitive corporate data on their, on their smartphone or their tablet and they lose that, um, you know, there needs to be some kind of uh, knowledge around what's expected of them in terms of feeding that back to, you know, to their manager or their IT department. Um, and also on the support side, there needs to be clear guidelines around what devices and applications IT is actually going to support. You know, they may be permissive in terms of saying, well, you can, you, you can um, use Skype, but we're not going to provide support for you if you have any troubles with it. So I think that's another area where clear guidelines need, need to be established. Now, Mike, uh, do you think the stakeholders who requested this and or other leaders who are accountable for it they are, are they really 
basically working towards a common goal or people have multiple agendas and and somebody outside of those stakeholders and or uh, decision makers uh, who has to kind of champion this effort and play program manager to make this happen? Yeah, well, I'm in a unique situation. Uh, At least in our corporation, I was sponsored by our uh, chief technology officer and our executive uh, to actually lead. Uh, the Bring Your Own Device uh, program uh, launched, as I said, a couple of years ago under this, this U-Mobile brand uh, for our corporation and to sort of lead the, the path forward, particularly as we start providing guidance for our customers. And that, that's morphed now into a number of other stakeholders, but I do think it was interesting that the security guy ended up with the executive champion role on an issue that, that obviously was gated by many security and privacy issues. So. That, that put me in the, in the front seat, I think, to actually help navigate the agenda of the right types of controls and, the, and checks and balances and, and policies and programs that, that my colleagues have referred to on this call um, you know, right out of the gate. And I think that was a very wise decision of my, of my boss. Um, so, so in terms of the broader how this has morphed, there are more stakeholders now, um, particularly in the product management side. We're a company that supplies health IT product, right? So... You know, there are many product managers and many interested parties in terms of, you know, responding to customer need around mobility. So there's a lot, a lot of demands coming through. And so we're seeing the agenda very similar to the agenda of, of any product team or any product group, and that's being responsive to the customer. And you need to create that, that tension, of course, with the right checks and balances and quality control. So how we've done that, and we spoke to policies and awareness and training, our awareness and training has been focused on the employee we provided guidance for the customer as well in terms of what they might be thinking about, you know, in terms of their, their, their part of this as well. Um, but slightly differently because we are, a, I guess, a provider of, 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 of applications and products, that, you know, we need to build those controls within the applications, these mobile applications that are being sold on these platforms, right, or provided on these platforms. And so we've put a lot of emphasis on developer training. We have 8,600 developers and product managers and technologists uh, we're focused on that group. Uh, we have a curriculum in place um, that, you know, they, they work through. Uh, we're launching an affinity program for our developers this year uh, where we, you know, sort of green belt, black belt type ideas where we help encourage our developers to enhance their skills and knowledge because, candidly, they're, they're the new... Um, they're the new paradigm, if you will, in terms of training and awareness. Is And if I was to make a call in the industry, uh, particularly in the security and risk industry, uh, in support of um, our corporations, is this issue around having skilled resources that understand you know, secure program and application development. Because this is where this is heading. This isn't about the, the mobile device platform so much as what sits on it, okay, and how, or how, how have we secured it? Is it, is it quality code, has it been tested? And these are skill sets that aren't traditionally found in, in the security field, and they're definitely in demand. So we're trying to develop that organically through developing the awareness of our developers and trying to create these subject matter specialists. So that's been our focus for awareness. On behalf of the show and our listeners, thank you so much, Keith, Chris, and Mike, uh, for sharing your thoughts on how to establish a secure BYOD. You're very welcome. Thanks a lot. 
And uh, listeners, please like us again on Facebook. Search for CIO Talk Radio. Join our group on LinkedIn and start in our joint conversation. And also make sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Join Sanjog All next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific for another hour of CIO Talk Radio. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by Citrix, offering go-to assist, remote support made easy. CIO Talk Radio was brought to you by LexisNexis Litigation.